Blog Talk Radio.
And on the third day, he says, I will be resurrected as he did. He said, tear this temple down, and in three days I re- will rebuild it again. What he spoke come to pass. He finished what God has sent him to do. The Bible declares he was crucified from the foundation of the world. Revelation states around chapter 12 or so that he's the Lamb of God slain. Or chapter 5, the Lamb of God slain from the foundation of the world. And through him, chapter 12, we overcome by the word of our testimony and the blood of the Lamb. The Bible declares we love not our own lives to the death. That he's all in all, he will declare in this book that he's Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. There's none above him. No other name under heaven can a man be saved except it be through the name of Jesus Christ. He is the gospel. He is the truth. He is the way. He is the life. There's none above him, and he is the only way today. So the revelation that is laid out in this this great book is the revelation of Jesus Christ. But in this book, he will not be the babe born in a manger. He will not live on this earth for 33 and a half years. At the end of that period, die on a cruel cross. He's done that. He went back to the Father. And he's coming back again, according to the book of Acts. The Bible says, why do you men stand gazing? For the same one that you see ascending in like manner will descend. The Bible says we must love his appearing. We must look for him. Look up for your redemption, doll. Nah, I'm talking about total redemption. We have not been totally redeemed yet. Our bodies, the Bible declares in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, will take on a different light at the resurrection. For corruption shall put on incorruption. Mortality shall put on immortality. Paul said there will be no more sting to death. There will be no more victory in the grave. So the Christian, the the man, the woman, the boy or girl that knows Jesus Christ has a future. We have a destiny, and that destiny is in Jesus Christ. That's why the Bible declares he's the author or the authority and the finisher of our faith. The Bible declares all things were made by him and for him. All power and all dominion was given unto him. The book of Psalms says, And my Lord said unto his Lord, he says, set by my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. At the end of the age, Jesus Christ is coming back. The Bible declares to establish a 1,000-year kingdom where the enemy, Satan, Beelzebub, whatever you want to call him, will be cast into the bottomless pit for 1,000 years not to tempt men anymore. Bible declares where the where the uh, the lion lay down beside the lamb, where the the lamb lay set down, down beside the wolf, where there'll be no more carnivores. The Bible declares where children shall stick their hands in the snake dens and not be bit, even at the age of 100 years old, that that mankind will still be in a state of being a baby. At 100 years, will still be young. Why? Because the curse is going to be removed. For time and for a season, Satan will be bound. The Bible declares after that time he'll be loosed again for a short season. And then God will put him down for eternity. And then we have eternity with God Almighty. There'll be no more sin. Death will never be mentioned again. You'll never see another hospital. You'll never see another funeral home. He said, Behold, I wipe away all tears, and behold, I make all things new. So the future of a Christian is bright. I know I know the Bible declares that in this life you will have tribulation, and we will have. But be of good cheer, for I will overcome the world. This world is not an easy place to live all the time. Paul told Timothy, he said, In the last days, peerless times shall come upon the face of the earth. They're here. We're living in these last days. Christians need to get hope. And transfer that hope to a lost and a dying world. Jesus Christ must be lifted up. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. So he said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. So this is this revelation 
of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Many people get caught up in the, the signs and the images. But the Bible declares that this book is not to confuse, but to comfort. That the Holy Ghost can show us. We can't get lost in all these things. We must, we must look at the core of this message. And the core of this message that the Holy Ghost penned in this great book is Jesus Christ. The soon coming king. At this time, John was on the Isle of Patmos. History records that John was the pastor at the church of the church at Ephesus. This was the first church addressed, one of the seven churches in Asia Minor or Turkey that Jesus Christ addressed. He addressed seven of them. He would give he would tell the good things that they were doing and then he would tell the bad things. Only, only two churches had no condemnation. These churches a type of the modern day church, church heiress. We're coming to the end of the church age. Or the times of the Gentiles is spoken in the book of Daniel. The word of God says in Daniel twelve verse four. But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book. Even to the time of the end, many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. Daniel 12, 9 says, And he said, Go thy way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. Knowledge shall increase not only in the secular world, but knowledge, we, we, we know the technology is, is abounding. We see it every day. Men's aspirations to become immortal. And they think they can do it through their inventions. It's a modern day Tire of Babel. But he says knowledge shall be increased. I believe that knowledge is also the word of God. Call unto me, he said in Jeremiah. And he says, I will show you things that you know not. Revelation is given by the Spirit of God. Not by power, not by might, but by my Spirit saith, only God knows all things. And all things will be revealed in his dispensations, his time, the way he does things at certain time periods, in the framework of his almighty plan. He will give us the knowledge that we need. And I believe the word of God will be opened up even to a greater measure, not to write anything new. Not to take anything from or add anything to, but a greater revelation of the Word of God. Because man did not write this book. 66 different books written by 40 different authors under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, the Bible declares. That men and women might be equipped to do the works of God. So the Holy Ghost wrote this Bible that we're talking about today. But in this time period... Church was under great persecution from the Roman Empire. And John was on the Isle of Patmos because he was one of the quote-unquote religious leaders at that time. He stood for his Lord and Savior. The Bible declares that he was there, the only one at the crucifixion who stood by the mother of Jesus, Mary. And the word of God declares, Jesus said, take care of my mother. Woman, behold, thy son. John was called John the Beloved. He was one of the sons of thunder, James and John. He was the one, the last apostle to die. He was, I think he died a natural death, but yet history declares he was boiled in, in, in oil three times under severe persecution. And the Isle of Patmos was a secluded place where men were sent to, I guess, to have a death sentence, to die at this place. He was the pastor of the Church of Ephesus, which we told, we, we talked about. So persecution was coming in the form of false prophets, uh, Gnostics, angel worship, all all, all kind of isms and sisms which the Word of God 
warns us about was filtrating the church. And this message is to the church and to the world, to anybody that will receive it, the revelation of our Lord and Savior, who? Jesus Christ. Now, the source of the revelation is Jesus Christ. The book is about him, about what is to come, the things that are and the things must shortly come to pass. So, Revelation chapter 1, verse 1. By the way, this book was written between 90 and 95 A.D., some say A.D. 96. The source of the revelation is who? Jesus Christ. Verse 1, the revelation of who? Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him. God the Father gave it unto the Son. To show unto his servants, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. Now, so many avoid this book. And yes, I'm not saying it's not complicated. The Bible says study, study to show yourself approved. You just can't read the Bible. You've got to read the Bible. Things which must shortly come to pass that he sent and signified by his angel unto his servant, John, that word angels, a messenger. But the revelation, now you know that's the word is apocalypse, which means full disclosure, an appearing, a coming, a lightning, a manifestation, to unveil, to uncover. The word implies the lifting of a curtain or a veil, so that all can see alike that is uncovered. Now, the only way you perceive Jesus Christ is through the gospel, through the word of God, through the spirit of God. The spirit of God gives revelation. Many, many hear his name. Many use his name in vain. Many declare he was simply a teacher and a good man at a certain time in history. But the Bible teaches he's the Messiah. He's the soon coming king. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever should believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Jesus Christ is all in all. We're going to find out. He's, he, he will say unto John, I'm Alpha and Omega. Alpha is the first letter in the Greek alphabet. Omega is the last letter. He's everything. He's king. He's Lord. And someday he will rule on this earth. This renovated, rejuvenated, changed earth. Behold, he said, I make all things new. Peter said there's coming a restitution of all things. So this book is about Jesus Christ, the revelation, the disclosure, the apocalypse. It's the unveiling of divine mysteries. I just wrote I read to you out of Daniel where the angel of the Lord said, Daniel, shut the book up until the time of the end. So I believe that great revelation is coming to those that want it. If you want the revelation of the word of God, then the spirit of God will show you the revelation. The Bible says that Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. He says in two to show unto his servants. Now that word servant we talk many times is the word doulos, which means a literal slave, either voluntary or involuntary. In this case, it's voluntary. Paul spoke of himself as a bond servant, a voluntary servant. The act of having your ear put up against the wall and a scratch-all drove through and a, and a ring put in your ear showing that you belong not to yourself, but to somebody else. He said, I'm a bond servant of Jesus Christ. It's not me that lives, Paul said, but it's Christ that lives in me. He said, I'm here to preach this gospel. And we know that Paul wrote most of the New Testament, and the Bible declares he got this revelation in where? In the deserts of Arabia. He didn't go to the holy city. He went there, and God gave him this mystery of the gospel. And he laid it out in his his books. 
that by grace you are saved. Blood of Jesus Christ that you're saved, born again, sanctified, healed, delivered, and set free. In Acts chapter 2, verse 18, Peter's preaching, and he's, he, he's quoting out of Joel chapter 2, and he says, On my servants and on my handmaids I will pour out in those days of my spirit. Remember those days, a certain, the word is kairos, a certain appointed time that God has. I believe God is a God of appointments. He established a feast. The word feast doesn't mean to eat. It means an appointed time. A time when God does a certain thing. Hebrews says in sundry times that God would move through the prophets and through the judges, whoever it might be. But in these last days, he speaks through Jesus Christ, the author and the finisher of our faith, never the author of confusion. But he says, and on my servants, my doulos, and on my handmaidens, I'm pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. Revelation 22 and 6 says, and he said unto me, These things are faithful and true, and the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show unto his servants the things which shortly. I read to you Daniel 12:4 and Daniel 12:9. So this is the revelation of Jesus Christ. We need to know him. The word of God says, Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Unto salvation. He says, I might know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. Verse 2, Revelation chapter 1. Who bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all things he saw. Who bear record of the word of God. Now, now John was simply a witness. He was kind of a bystander. He was an observer of what was happening. The Bible declares he was told to record it and to write it down. Habakkuk says, write down the vision. At the appointed time, it will not tarry, but it will come to pass. What God has spoken, pass. This book will be fulfilled to the very T. You'll say, well, how can all these these some people call horrible things happen when God pours out his wrath on the face of this earth. When God starts to renovate, the Bible declares the old world was destroyed by water and God put his bow in the sky and promised the world would never again be destroyed by water. But this time it will be renovated, restituted by fire. The Bible declares the elements shall melt. Think about this. The sun will give up its light. The moon and the stars will be out of kilter. Things will be shaken. That which can be shaken will be shaken. We see things are out of kilter now. I've heard men say, and I've read that that the reason that the earth tilts on an axis is because of the the Noah's flood. Because of the weight of the water, which causes the seasons and the times and the tides to come in, the tides to go out. See, I I believe that before those times that there was perfect weather, but now because of the tilt of the earth, and this is why we have different climates in different places. That's why we have we have summer and 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 and, and, and fall and winter and spring, the four seasons. See. I believe all these things will be restituted back. I believe there will be a constant climate. I don't believe in the world to come or in the times to come there will be ice and snow and tornadoes and hurricanes. As a matter of fact, the Bible says in the days that are coming there will be no more sea. No more sea. No, no place for a hurricane to spawn. What we see now is the 
the shaking that's going on in the earth because of what's coming. The Bible says that creation is travailing. Back to who who bear record of the word of God. In other words, he was the one that witnessed this great book and the testimony of Jesus Christ. He was a witness of the testimony of Christ and what he did. And, and John walked with him and talked with him. The Bible declares that. And all the things that he saw, the visions, the visions and the symbols that was given unto John. Revelation 19.10, the, the word of God says this, And I fell at his feet to worship him, and he said unto me, See thou do it not. This is, this is uh, John form for an angel. For I am thy fellow servant and thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is prophecy. Jesus himself was a prophet was a king, was a priest, was our substitute. He was all in all. Verse 3. Blessed is he, blessed. Blessed. That word there means supremely blessed, abundantly blessed. Is he that reads, and even those they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein, listen, for the time is at hand. Hmm. If it was at hand around AD 96 or between AD 90 and 95, whenever this book was written, how much more is it at hand now? Is God's prophecy that he penned years ago through the Holy Spirit and showed to John is this book about to be fulfilled? Can you answer that question? Are there any signs of the times? When you see these things come to pass, look up because your redemption draws nigh. The Bible declares in the book of Luke that the waves and the seas will be roaring. The men's hearts will fail them for what they see due to fear for what they see coming on the face of the earth. The Bible declares in the Old Testament that there was a tribe in the Old Testament that knew what was coming to pass. They knew what to do for Israel. We we need to seek God today and know what to do. What direction to the Bible says the Holy Ghost will lead us and guide us into all of his truth. Now the, ch the, the, the church should be the conduit by which the gospel is preached. Go you into all the world and preach you the gospel unto every nation. And this is what we are called to do. This is called the, the Great Commission. And we can't shrink back from that. Because this book is about to be filled. The great events are coming to pass. The, the signs of the times are here. They're here upon us. The sons of Ishkakar was the name of that tribe. That they knew what to do for Israel. Blessed is he that reads. There's three things here. You can read it. You can hear it. And then you keep it. So this book is very, very important. Now, like I said, a lot of people don't bother to go into it because of the, the signs and the images and what a lot of people call confusion. But the Bible says, rightly divide the word of truth. And not everybody knows everything. Deuteronomy 29, 29 says the secrets are the Lord. And he reveals unto them that which is, is, is needed at the time. Revelation is given according to need. The Bible declares that the word of God is not of any private interpretation. 
Okay, he says, blessed, greatly blessed. Is he that reads and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. Time at hand means, uh, refers to the beginning of the fulfillment of these things which begin with the church. The New Testament church began in the book of Acts. And we are coming to the end of the church age when I believe the church will no longer be here. I personally believe, I know there's so much controversy over this, that people get mad and upset. The Bible declares when I point it under wrath, and the word of God's going to be fulfilled. And I believe that the tribulation period itself is to deal with Jacob or Israel. Jacob's trouble. First John two eighteen says, Little children, it is the last time, and ye have heard that Antichrist shall come. Hmm. Even now are there many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. It is the last time. Why? Because of the spirit of Antichrist. Is there a spirit of Antichrist in the world today? Do people get mad at the name of Jesus Christ? Are there groups formed, even religious groups formed, to try to negate the word of God? Yes. For the enemy, Satan himself is loosed. The Bible declares in the last days that many will give heed to doctrines of devils. That because men refuse to retain God in their heart, that God will send them a strong delusion. The Bible declares seducing spirits will be upon the face of the earth. The very elect be deceived if possible. So those who read, those who hear, and those who keep those things written therein, or watch, or hold fast. Now, the Bible declares this word, word, the word, the logos. These are the words of Jesus Christ. He is the word of God. In the beginning was the word, the word was God, and the word was with God. In John 1, 1, we see the, and capitalized is word, because the word is a person, the logos. So the time, the due season, Coming to the end of a dispensation, the church age. Now, the Bible declares in the days in which we live, there will be a true church. He said, I'll have a church without spot and without wrinkle. Those who are separated, those who refuse to preach anything except Jesus Christ and him crucified, whose focus is preaching the gospel and nothing else. Not a social gospel. Not a gospel by which men will feel good. We're not to go up and down the street and take polls and what would you like to happen in a church for you to come? The church is the church. The church was established under our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. He founded and purchase the church. And he said, upon this rock I shall build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail. So the thrust and the mission of the church is to preach Jesus Christ. Nothing else. Now, there, there's, you know, there, things branch out. We do things that need to be done, take care of the poor, feed the hungry, take care of the orphans, the widow. These things we do. We're missionaries, per se. It's the function of the church show compassion. This is pure religion, the Bible says. But we are to also to watch and to hold fast to the gospel. In other words, we can't take a time to compromise. The Bible declares if a man puts his hand to the plow and look back, he's not worthy of the kingdom of God. How long shall you be halted between two opinions? The word of God says. So we're to watch and to wait, to hold fat. Revelation 16, verse, verse 15. Behold, he says, I come as a thief. 
Blessed is he that watches and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. This book is spiritually discerned, nothing carnal about it. We can't get this in, in the carnal. We can't, we can't get this in the flesh. Moses wrote in Deuteronomy 29, 29, The secret things belong unto the Lord our God. For those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. Now, the law is fulfilled in Jesus Christ. The law wasn't fulfilled yet then when he wrote, but Jesus Christ kept the law, fulfilling the law, providing a way for me and you to go into the Holy of Holies, where the veil was ripped from top to bottom. Now we can go boldly, Hebrews says, before the throne of God, making our petitions and our supplications known unto him. Why? Because of our Lord and our Savior. Verse 4, this is a salutation of sorts. John to the seven churches, which are in Asia, grace be unto you, peace from him which is and which was and which is to come, and from the seven spirits which are before his throne. Here we see a salutation. John to the seven churches. John is writing to the seven churches what Jesus told him to write. Remember, he's simply a scribe. He's an observer. Revelation was given to him to write down that men might know these things. Now, these particular churches, these seven churches, were selected by the Spirit of God to mimic or portray the entirety of the church age. The conditions in all these churches exist today. Now, the Laodicean church is the last day's church. The lukewarm, the indifferent, the ones that's halted between two opinions. But as I said before, he's having a church without spot and without wrinkle. So he says, grace be unto you. And peace from him which is and which was and which is to come. Where does grace come from? Grace comes through Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ only. Where does peace come from? For he is the Prince of Peace. And to him which is and which is was, which was and which is to come. It shows the eternal being of Jesus Christ. He's all God and all man. He was never created. He was incarnated. He was the Son of God, but yet he was God. In the beginning, Elohim. Study that. We've talked about this before. The plurality of the Godhead. Several times in the Bible, all three showed up at the baptism of Christ. We find Jesus Christ being baptized, the Holy Ghost coming down in the form of a dove, and God the Father speaking, for this is my Son, in whom I am well pleased. It's a mystery of sort, but yet there's three in one, the Holy Trinity. So John writes from him, the pronoun him is Jesus Christ, which is now, which was from ever, back in the eternity from the dateless past, and which is to come. Now the word grace there means being sanctified by grace and sanctifying peace. This all came at the cross. And from the seven spirits, <coughs> pardon me, which are before his throne, or the seven aspects of the operation of the Holy Spirit. Now, we know when the Holy Spirit came, he baptized, he set the fruit of the Spirit and the nine spiritual gifts in the church through the Spirit. All things come through the Spirit. But in the book of Isaiah, not by power, not by my, but by my Spirit, saith the Lord. In the book, the book of Isaiah, he talks about the seven spirits that were before the throne of God. Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1 and 2. And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, 
Jesse was David's father. And a branch shall grow out of its root. So, now listen. And the spirit, verse 2, Isaiah 11, and the spirit of the Lord, number one, shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and the spirit of understanding, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of might, the spirit of knowledge, and the spirit of the fear of the Lord. The word of God says that the beginning of knowledge is the fear of the Lord. So this is the seven spirits that are before the throne of God. God's perfect number, seven. Revelation 5, verse 6 says, And I beheld and lo, in the midst of the throne of the four beasts, in the midst of the elders stood a lamb. As it had been slain, having seven horns, seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent forth unto all the earth. So verse 4 says, again, John to the seven churches. This is the beginning of the letter. But there's a lot of revelation before we get there. Which are in Asia. Grace be unto you. Peace from him which is and which was. Alpha and Omega. Which is to come. And from the seven spirits. Which are before the throne of God. Verse 5. And from Jesus Christ. The center of the book. The focal point of the book. It's all about the revelation of Jesus Christ. Who is, listen. The faithful witness. Hmm. And the first begotten of the dead at his resurrection. And the prince of the kings of the earth. In other words, the greater king. The Bible declares it in the book of Daniel, all power and all authority and all dominions shall be brought down by God Almighty, lifting up Jesus Christ in the last days and in the finality of the eternal earth. Jesus Christ will rule and reign. It's coming. Abraham looked for a city whose foundation and builder and maker is God. Abraham said, I have no, no permanent citizenship within this world. But he was looking for even a greater place. Abraham was a nomad. He never settled in one place. He was traveling. As long as I feel like traveling, I feel like traveling on. He was going somewhere as a Christian. This is not our final destination. This is simply a temporary place of abode for a time and for a season. Our eternity lies in Jesus Christ. That's why you got to know him. That's why you got to receive him. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the first begotten of the dead, the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own Blood. He loved us, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever should believe in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God is love. Who are we that God is mindful of us? Jesus Christ, the faithful witness. What was He a witness of? God the Father. He led a perfect, perfect life of obedience. Now, that word witness there means to be martyred, to record, a witness of Jesus Christ or witness of God the Father. First Peter 2, verse 24 says, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree or the cross, that we being dead to sin should live under righteousness by whose stripes we are healed. He was the perfectness. He witnessed the revelation of God the Father. He was sent to speak of the Father. Read John 17. Read it. Study that particular chapter where he commends everything unto God the Father. The Bible declares here in, in verse 5, he says, he was the first begotten of the dead. This refers to him being resurrected or the first fruits of the dead. Romans 8.23 And not only they but ourselves also which have the first fruits of the Spirit. Even we ourselves groan within ourselves waiting for the, re for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body through Jesus Christ. He's the first fruit, the first begotten, the first one to resurrect. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 Verses 22, 23. But now is Christ risen from the dead 
and become the first fruits of them that slept. For since by man cameth death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. But every man in his own order, Christ the first fruits, afterward they that are Christ at his coming. You're in Christ, you will be resurrected. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. So it says here, he's the first begotten of the dead and the prince, the prince of the kings of the earth, all dominion and all power given unto him. I, I can't stress that it's his name. It's his kingship that means anything. The only thing that really counts is what's coming. This world is for a time and for a season. Daniel says that God brings up nations and brings nations down. He puts kings in and leaders in and brings leaders down. So this refers to the rulership of the world, which is what the book of Revelation is talking about, the soon coming king. Unto him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. The cross proves his love. The word of God says, scarcely would a man lay down his life for his friends. But Jesus Christ laid down life for his friends, for his enemies, entirety of the world. He gave his life. First John 1 7. But if we walk in the light as he is the light, we have fellowship one, one with what another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So here we see that this is from him, our Lord. That he's the faithful witness, the first begotten of the dead, the prince of the kings of the earth. He loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. What can wash, wash away our sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Verse 6. And he hath made us kings and priests unto God. And his Father to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Who has he made kings and priests? Saints of God. Those who have accepted Jesus Christ. We are made kings and priests through his finished work. When he died on the cross, it was the finished work. The Bible says we are heirs and joint heirs with him. He's our substitute. Because he's king and priest, we're our kings and priests. First Peter chapter two verse nine says be ye, ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who have called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Now he's speaking to Israel there. But we are grafted in according to the word of God. We're not Israel, we're the church. The point being that nothing or nobody will ever take the place of Israel. God will always deal with Israel. He dealt with them sometimes severely in the Old Testament, but he has never, ever left them. And he promises one day to redeem them and bring them back to their former state. The fact is that Israel will rule the world, that Jesus Christ will set up his kingdom, in Jerusalem, the scepter shall not depart from the tribe of Judah, and he will rule with a rod of iron, according to the word of God. I didn't write it. It's just what it says. It's just God's plan for the ages. But he says we are a chosen generation. For we, for he was crucified from the foundation of the world, and the Bible says we were chosen from the foundation of the world. Now, predestination and election, I believe man has a free choice, but God knows everything. God knows everything. A royal priesthood, who's the royalty? Jesus Christ, King of King and Lord of Lord. A holy nation, come out from among them, be ye holy, saith the Lord. A peculiar people that we should show forth the praises of him 
who have called me and you out of darkness into his marvelous light. He hath made his kings and priests unto God the Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Christ is king, he's priest, he's the redeemer, and he certainly deserves all glory and all dominion. Verse 7. Behold, cometh with clouds. Listen. And every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him, even so. Amen. He comes with cloud. This is the second coming of our Lord and Savior, which is the theme of the thrust of this book. Is God's dealing with the earth on the last day. God's dealing with Israel, with the church, and with the lost. With the goat nations and the sheep nations. Everything's laid out what's going to happen. And it'll come to pass according to the word of God. Now Daniel chapter 7, verses 13 through 14. Let's read there. He He said, I saw in night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man came. Listen. This is Daniel saying this. With clouds of heaven. So he's coming back in the clouds. And came to the ancient of days, which is God the Father. And they brought him near before him. Listen. And there was given him. Who's him? Jesus Christ. All dominion, all power. Was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom. We see three things here. Dominion, glory, which is lordship, recognition of who he is, and a kingdom or the kingdom of God. That all people, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away, and his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed. Now this is illustrated in the book the book of Daniel, the feet of clay, the feet of clay, iron and clay at the bottom of the revelation that was given to Nebuchadnezzar. And the Bible declares a stone from a mountain that was not made with hands shall come and crush the feet, and all the kingdoms of this world shall crumble down, and what's left will be Jesus Christ. That image declares the Gentile or the time of the Gentiles. See, the time of the Gentiles is just about over. We're about to the end of the church age. Things are about to change. Now, the Bible says here that every eye shall see him, simply declaring, every eye shall see him. Also, those which pierced him or crucified him. At that particular time, the Jewish nation will know that he is the Messiah. And that will cause havoc among their ranks. And all of a sudden, that judicial blindness is declared in Isaiah chapter 6, the scales will fall from their eyes. Zechariah chapter 12, verse 10. And I will pour upon the house of David. It's God dealing with Israel now. On the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Listen, listen. God dealing with Israel, never casting them aside. They are the apple of his eye. The spirit of grace. There's a spirit. And of supplications. Listen. They shall look upon me whom they have pierced. They shall mourn for him as one mourneth for his only son and shall be in bitterness for him as one that is in bitterness for their firstborn. So Israel will recognize the Messiah. When he first came, he he was viewed through the eyes of one that could be an insurrectionist, one who will restore once again the kingdom of Israel. He said, the times and the seasons are not for you to know. This is the book of Acts. But all these things will come to pass. Israel will once again come to prominence. They are now. They're, they're, they're being elevated every day. Now, a lot of people don't like that. But that's what the Word of God says. They're human beings. They make mistakes. Yes, they do. But they're God's people. And God has a plan for Israel. And all the kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him, even so, a 
man. Now, the wailing will take place, basically those that have no accepted him, because of him coming back as judge. We find two judgments spoken about in the Word of God. The Bema seat, the judgment seat of Christ, the one that we will be at if you know Christ, and the white throne, the one you don't want to be at. But the judgment of Christ, the wrath of God being poured out upon the world because of sin. The wages of sin is death. Now you either let him pay for your sins or you'll pay for them. Let him pay for them or you pay for them. But they've got to be paid for. This is God's way. I don't claim to understand his way. But he says that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. God's not mocked that whatsoever a man sows, so shall he also reap. Zechariah chapter 14, verses 1 through 5. Behold, the day of the Lord cometh, and they... And thy spoil shall be divided in the midst of thee. Listen to what he says here. Prophet, under the inspiration of the Spirit of God. For I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle. And the city, Jerusalem, shall be taken. The houses rifled. The women ravished. Half of the city shall go forth into captivity. And the residue of the people shall be cut off from the city. Then... Shall the Lord go forth and fight against those nations? Who's going to fight the Lord? When they are destitute, when there is no hope, who's going to fight for them? God Almighty shall fight against those nations as when he fought in the day of battle. Listen to what it says in verse 4. And his feet, the Lord, or Jesus Christ, shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives. Lost things took place on the Mount, which is this where the Olive Discourse took place, which is before Jerusalem on the east. And the Mount of Olives shall cleave in the midst thereof toward the east and toward the west. And there shall be a great valley and half the mountain shall remove toward the north and half toward the south. This is where the waters will flow from the Kindron Valley at the splitting of the Mount of Olives into the Dead Sea. And that which is dead shall live again. The Dead Sea spawns no life. It's got too much salt in it. They say you can float in it. I don't know. Verse 5, And you shall flee to the valley of the mountains, for the valley of the mountains shall reach unto Azel. Yea, you shall flee like as you fled from before the earthquake in the days of Uzziah, king of Judah. And the Lord my God shall come, and all the saints with thee. Wow. Read that, study that. This is what's coming. God dealing with who? Israel. Matthew 24, also written to the Jews, 29 through 31. Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken, and there shall appear the sign of a man, of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall the tribes of the earth mourn or wail, and they shall see this man, the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power, and great glory, and he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds and from one end of the heaven to the other. So behold, he cometh with clouds. Verse 7, read it again. Every eye shall see him. They also which pierced him and crucified him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even let it be so. A man is coming. It's what this is the future. What time is going to happen? I don't know, but it's got to be quick. Now, quick in the eyes of God. One day, the Lord's a thousand days. A thousand, uh, one day, the Lord's a thousand years. A thousand years is one day. God doesn't. He's not controlled by time. He controls it, time, but he's not controlled by it. He does what he wants. He's God. But he will fulfill his word. These are things that we see. These are things that they're spiritually discerns. Remember I told you, the sons of Iskakar discerned the times. Knew how to move. Knew what to do. Because they saw that things were not like they used to be. It's where we're at today. Things have changed. If you haven't noticed, 
or you live in a cave somewhere, things have changed in this world. Things are not like they used to be. There's an acceleration even of time as we speak. Taka, where we get the word tachometer, RPMs are increasing. And when we see these things, it should spark us, strike something within us. We're not living in normal days. Is there strong delusion on the face of the earth? Yes. Is there doctrines of devils being taught in the world today, even in some churches? Yes. Is there deceiving spirits? Yes. Is there perplexity? Yes. Are the waves in the seas roaring? Yes. Are there signs in the heavens? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So what should our reaction be? Preach this gospel. Warn men and women and boys and girls of what's coming. That they might escape the wrath that is to come. And the book of Revelation in part talks about the wrath that's going to be poured out upon this world. We'll take it up next time with verse 8. But if you don't know this Jesus Christ we're talking about, if you don't have a personal revelation of who he is, personal, salvation is personal. Search out your own salvation with trembling and with fear. Today is the day of salvation. These things are going to come to pass. This old book that stood the test of time that was written that men might know the glory of God that men might escape the wrath to come. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil, that men might be saved through his blood. And he's the only way. Confess with your mouth and believe with your heart that God Almighty raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Call upon the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. You don't have to speak in King James English. All you got to do is say, help me, Lord. If your spirit is broken, you're contrite. You come with the spirit of humility. You can never come before him with pride. He will never, never accept pride. Pride comes before a fall, haughty spirit for destruction, the word of God says. Humble yourself in a due time, the Bible says you'll be exalted. I just tell him, Lord, I'm a sinner. Redeem me. Save me through your blood. I don't know everything about you, but I want to learn. I want to walk in your ways. I want you to be Lord of my life. The Bible declares he'll meet all of your needs according to his riches in glory. We haven't came to full reconciliation yet. We're still waiting for the redemption of our body. But we are born from above. We are going somewhere. Paul said, I'm pressed towards the high mark of a high calling, which is in Christ Jesus. Leaving those things behind. He says, I count it all but lost. you got to give it all to him. All your hurt, your pain, all your habits, everything that you're bound by, everybody fights something. If you're in, you live on this people planet, you're probably in a warfare right now. You are in a warfare. And like I said, this world as we know it, as now, as now, under the current situation, the current dispensation, it's not going to get better. The Bible declares it won't. In the last days shall be peerless times, fierce times, that it's going to get hard. The pressures of this life are going to get greater. And in the days to come, you're going to know. And the song says, in times like these, we need a Savior. In times like these, we need an anchor. And that anchor is Jesus Christ. And anchor, that anchor holds and grips the solid rock, the bedrock, which he said, upon this rock I shall build my church. And the gates, the gates of hell will not prevail against that which I have purchased with my own blood. Precious Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, that you give us your revelation. We thank you today, Lord, that you've helped us and keep us. Lord, we know today that whosoever calls on your name with a contrite and a broken spirit, you're going to help them. You won't, you won't disregard them, you won't leave them, but you've reached down your mighty hand to touch them. We ask you today to bring salvation, we ask you today to bring healing and deliverance. We ask you to touch minds and hearts. You see every situation, every person, every need within their lives. And in Jesus' name, save them. In Jesus' name, by your stripes, heal them today. In Jesus' name, touch their mind for you to chastise for our peace of mind. 
and your perfect love cast out all fear. We ask all these things in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Study to show yourself approved. A workman needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Get in God's word, and it'll help you. Because in God's word, there's strength. It's the only book that you read it. It'll read you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless till next time. This has been Truth in the Word with Pastor Jim Newsom on Christian Survival Radio. Our email address is truthintheword777 at gmail.com. May God bless each and every one of you. Keep looking up, for Jesus is coming soon.